Food Heals Podcast, Episode 267. The chemicals in our food, the stress that we're living with every day, the antibiotics in our food, the antibiotics we take, the glyphosates, Roundup, all of those things are just wreaking havoc every day on our gut. And we don't have anything to combat that. These force strains are like the police of the gut. They're going in there and they're getting rid of the bad guys and they're taking care of the good guys. So gut is dictating all of those aspects of health. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. Today, Susie and I are chatting with the creator of our favorite probiotic brand, Just Thrive. Frustrated by the many abuses in the pharmaceutical industry, Tina Anderson turned towards the field of natural health, and there is where she found her life's work. Tina channeled all her energy into learning all she could about disease prevention and good health maintenance, which we all know starts in the gut. And Tina generously donated Just Thrive probiotics for our swag bags that we took to Italy last year and this year, and I haven't used another brand since. It's that good, Food Heals Nation. If you want to try Thrive and see for yourself, use the coupon code FOODHEALS10 for 10% off at thriveprobiotic.com. Next up, our interview with Tina. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. By promoting gut health and probiotics, she shares her passion for wellness and helping others live their best physical and emotional lives. Please welcome Tina Anderson. Welcome, Tina. Well, thank you, ladies. So excited to be here. Hi, Tina. Hi. We're so glad to have you. And you know, I've been a fan of your products for years now. So it's about time we got you on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you. I appreciate that immensely. Yeah. So um, take us back because you weren't just born into this health world. You were actually a trial attorney. So can you take us back on, you know, from the beginning of your journey to how we got here? Yeah. So I was in litigation for many years and, you know, enjoyed that for a while. But then after I had children, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more, you know, had some better hours and things like that. And it was more conducive to having kids. And so then I went into a family pharmaceutical business. So I was in the pharmaceutical industry for many years and I was their general counsel, actually. But after years of being in that industry, I just started to notice so many of the abuses in the industry, you know, the rampant overprescribing of medications and just people being on medications for months and months. And, you know, one example that came to mind was we were awarded a really large contract for one of the largest hospital systems in the country for a cholesterol drug. And you know, we're all so excited, we're celebrating. And the pharmaceutical rep came into my husband's office because he worked with me as well. And he's like, this is great. We won this contract, but now it's my job to go to every cardiologist in the system and get them to lower the number that they prescribe the cholesterol meds. So they were basically telling the doctors to lower the number in order to prescribe more medication. They were telling the doctors how to do their job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was so shocked, but then really I wasn't because I knew this was happening all around us, you know? And so 
you know, we had a family member that all of a sudden started on a pharmaceutical product. And then the next thing you know, she's on 20 different pharmaceutical products and just treating the chronic conditions with pharmaceutical after pharmaceutical. And you have one product that now creates, let's say, you know, joint pain, and then you're on a joint pain prescription. And then you've got that product that's causing stomach issues. Now you're on some stomach medication. So it's just like a Ponzi scheme. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And (laughs) we saw with our kids, you know, antibiotic after antibiotic, that's like the first line of defense. And ironic thing about it is we get into this pharmaceutical business initially, because we wanted to help people. We thought, you know, health, we loved the idea of being able to help people and better their health. And we know that there's a place for pharmaceuticals, you know, obviously, we distributed life saving medications to people. But you know, we just saw it wasn't a place to treat chronic issues and to handle chronic issues. So I'm a pretty deep thinker. And I read a lot of Wayne Dyer and Norman Vincent Peale. And my husband and I just believe that we weren't doing our life's work. And so we delved into research and started learning more about natural health and particularly gut health. And we were blown away. This was shortly after the human microbiome projects or human microbiome project was launched by the National Institutes of Health. And we learned so much. And I'm sure we learn now what people are finding out every day that our gut health is related to virtually every aspect of our overall health. So being at the right place at the right time, we were able to license the exclusive rights to these very, very unique probiotic strains that are not readily available on the market from London University. And so from there, Just Thrive, probiotic and antioxidant was born. And it's really been one of the most gratifying and rewarding journeys I've been on. So it's been really, really exciting. And I'm so excited for what's ahead because we're just creeping the surface of what's ahead for gut health. Wow, Tina. I'm just so excited by your story. Me too. I have so many questions. This might be a very long interview. Okay. So how did you pick that strain or those strains? Because I know that like worldwide, I remember reading that different cultures have different biome strains just from their environment and what they eat. So how did you wind up with that one? Yeah. Well, what we found during all the research, what we were finding is that the majority of probiotic strains that are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacter are basically very sensitive organisms. They have a lot of difficulty surviving the gastric system. And so what we found out about these bacillus spore-based probiotics are they actually have a hardy shell around them and they are actually able to survive the gastric system. So that's why we picked them because we were like, my God, all of these probiotics strains that are out there were formulated based on what we used to know before the Human Microbiome Project was launched. Although these strains have been out in the market for a long time from London University, they were not readily available in the US supplement market. And we know that they are surviving. And that is really the biggest difference and why we didn't just go. To be honest with you, it would have been a lot easier ride for us to be able to just jump on the lactobacillus and bifidobacter bandwagon and just create a product, source it from wherever, some cheaply sourced strains. But we were actually able to get these very, very special and unique strains that survive the gastric system. And in order to be a probiotic, it needs to survive the gastric system. So they were very research strains. That was another reason we're very based on everything we do is based on research and science. So that was really one of the biggest reasons, the quality of the strains and um, the fact that they were backed by science. Well, I'm even more excited now because I take your probiotics every day. They're a part of my daily routine. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. That. 
you know, your story is actually my story, but I was on the other side where my parents were the victims of the pharmaceutical industry taking advantage, where it was like pill after pill after pill for the side effect of each new pill. My mom was on so many drugs, you couldn't count them on two hands because every single pill that she was on, she had multiple sclerosis and there was no cure at the time. There was no natural medicine or nutrition ever mentioned too young to have any understanding of what the high level topics we're talking about today with gut health. And it was just pill after pill after pill. And her whole entire adult life was taking these pills at what time per day. She had a whole notebook where she would write them down so she didn't overdose or take the wrong combination. And it was so crazy. And then she eventually like lost her life. She got cancer. And did the pharmaceutical drugs contribute? I don't know. Maybe, probably. And then my father was only on a few. So he was on the typical ones you're on after you turn 50, like cholesterol lowering medication and whatnot, but two or three. All of a sudden, I go over to his house and I'm starting to awaken to nutrition and natural medicine. And he has a bathroom cabinet full of pills that he never had before. I'm like, dad, what is going on? You know, this is what mom was doing and she's gone now. Like, I don't think this is the right route. And he had gone back to the doctor after not going in a few years and had been handed eight new prescriptions. It was insane. It's almost assumed, sorry, I'm just going to interject. It's almost assumed that once you turn a certain age, if not earlier, that you will be on all of those typical cholesterol, heart. It's almost assumed, like that's just a way of life. And that is not true for the majority, at least of the blue zones where people live well into their hundreds and they're not on a pharmaceutical drugs. Right. It's funny. My husband and I were sitting and having coffee yesterday morning and he read in the newspaper, there was a headline in the health section and it said, doctors talking to patients about nutrition. And it was like, this was a headline. You know, <laughs> this is the first time that they're talking. <laughs> well, it's not to- their fault. They're not given any education about it because the pharmaceutical industry supports med schools. So right. it's not like the Broccoli Institution is giving them money. No, <laughs> I know so many wonderful, well-intentioned doctors out there. I'm not, you know, but it's like they're being educated by big pharma. I mean, big pharma is funding medical. You would think, and I think some of them are now, but you would think after seeing, I think you nailed it, Tina. It's with chronic disease. It's not with like emergency medicine or things like that. Save lives. Absolutely. Ebola. Like, what are you going to do? Like there's, you have to turn to heavy drugs, but with chronic stuff, diabetes, obesity, all the things that go with it, heart problems. It's like, no, we're eating lifestyle lifestyle diseases. We're eating the wrong stuff. And the treatment is not going to be a pill that gives you more side effects. Exactly. No, I I could not agree with you more. You're uh, saying the same thing. So can you tell us a little bit more about how the microbiome affects the rest of our body, not just our digestive? Yeah. Well, that's what's so exciting to find out how the microbiome, it impacts virtually every aspect of our overall health from diabetes to cancer to heart disease to skin health to mental health. All of these things are all dictated by the health of your microbiome. I mean, there is more and more research coming out on that um, all the time. And the thing that's scary is that our microbiome is being impacted on a daily basis in the world we live in right now. You know, antibiotics being one of the biggest offenders of gut health the glyphosates and the GMOs, and that is a huge offender to our gut health. And the environment that we live in, the toxins, the food that we're eating, the processed foods, stress, which we're all under, all these things, 
really are affecting our microbiome. And yet our microbiome we've now know is affecting virtually every aspect of our overall health. Definitely it affects our digestive health. People aren't thinking when they have a skin rash, oh, maybe I should start with a high quality probiotic or, you know, oh, I suffer from anxiety. You know, maybe I should focus on my gut health. People aren't thinking that. And I think they're starting to a little bit more now. Thank God. You're gut is dictating all of those aspects of health. And is it because if we don't have the appropriate, and I like to call them bugs, friendly Mm -hmm. bugs, if we don't have the appropriate (laughs) bugs in our gut, the friendly bacteria, if we don't have them, we're not breaking down our food properly? Is that why? And the nutrients? Well, what it is, it's actually an imbalance. So we call it dysbiosis, but it's basically like an imbalance in the gut. And when you have the good bacteria that is being taken over by the bad bacteria, there is dysbiosis going on and imbalance going on. So that's a factor. And then of course, the big one is leaky gut. Right. Yeah. So leaky gut is a huge problem. They estimate that 80%, if not more of the adult population has a leaky gut and doesn't even know it. We did a study with our formulation on leaky gut, which is a groundbreaking study. It's the first study of its kind out there. And I could go into that later, but it's really exciting. The findings were incredible. In that study, we tested college students and the college students, 55% of them had a leaky gut and didn't know it. Had no, these were college students that were not on any medication, had no issues at all. So people are walking around with a leaky gut and don't know it. And people will say, can I be tested for leaky gut? It's like, well, why bother? Because chances are that you probably have leaky gut. Can you tell our listeners what leaky gut is? Oh, yes. You know, it's really the name describes it perfectly. It's basically there's holes in the intestinal cell wall. So basically you have these holes, you have tight junctions that are along your intestinal lining. And when the tight junctions start to pull apart, toxins from your gut that are not really problematic start to seep into your bloodstream where they do become problematic. So when they go into your bloodstream, the immune system just starts this complete you know, attack on these basically invaders in your bloodstream. So the main toxin that we're talking about is LPS, which stands for lipopolysaccharides. So the LPS toxins will seep into your bloodstream and cause this inflammatory response and your immune system starts to attack them. So we know if you have an autoimmune disease, if you have food allergies, highly, highly likely that you have leaky gut. But they're estimating that, like we said, 80% of the adult population has a leaky gut. So they also are saying that leaky gut is, there was a study that just came out that showed the number one driver of Alzheimer's is heightened levels of LPS toxins in your bloodstream. Whoa. Yeah. They're saying that the heightened LPS level in your bloodstream is an indicator of heart disease and heart attacks. They'll test that sometimes at hospitals in the emergency room. So we're not just talking about clearing up GERD, and, which is really important, and you know, diarrhea, constipation, bloating. I mean, this is serious stuff when you're talking about having a leaky gut. It's monumental. Like you said, it's all going back to the gut, but it's also implicating a lot of different disorders and issues that are being treated by pharmaceuticals that are not, you know, you're not looking at the root cause. You know, I remember hearing someone speak, a doctor actually, about leaky gut being caused from gluten intolerance and or gluten affecting the lining of the intestines where it's causing those holes. Very fascinating, but like I haven't read the latest studies, but it's all very interesting to me. What we're finding out too with gluten is it may not be the gluten. It may be- I don't think it is. Yeah, it's the glyphosates and it's the Roundup that's all over our food supply. So I mean, 
you guys, this was proved to Susie and I when we went to Italy and the people, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the yeah. people who were gluten-free in the U.S. because they absolutely had to be, were able to eat the gluten in Italy, in Europe, because it doesn't have the glycophosphate. It isn't grown the same way. It isn't processed the same way. It's a real whole food. It's not a processed food the way it is here. Yes. When we went on the Food Heals retreat last year to beautiful Amalfi, Italy, and I remember also just looking at the commercials on the TV when I did see the TV, and it was like, the way that they even advertise food is so much different than here. Emphasis on natural. Really? Emphasis on, yeah. Emphasis on natural, emphasis on good quality, emphasis on pure, emphasis on like Italian made because their standards are so much higher. And when we were over there, I don't remember if this happened when we were there or previous, but the Italians actually protested Canadian wheat coming into their country because the Canadians have jumped onto our bandwagon and are using glyphosate. And they were like, we don't want your shitty wheat. We got our own. Thank you very much. And so they have a different standard. This is on my to-do list. I want to get Italian flour and make bread from it because I don't trust the crap in this country. (laughs) I know. I agree. I completely agree. And the problem is that I'm a huge proponent of eating organic food and trying to stay away from glyphosates and Roundup and everything and all of our food supply. And I always preach that. The problem is that even in this country, it's still being other foods that are trying to be cleaner, even getting contaminated. It's in the rainwater. I mean, it's all around us. So Europe definitely was doing something right by not allowing the glyphosate. So... Thank God for that. And you know what this all reminds me of this entire conversation that we're having is everything is connected. Every organ in the body is working together. And what I think is really interesting that I learned early on when doing this podcast that actually really affected me and my lifestyle and the way that I actually take probiotics is when you think about when you get sick, we're not even talking about having a chronic condition or leaky gut or anything like that. But when you just get a cold, everyone talks about boost the immune system, vitamin C, blah, blah, blah. And yes, of course, vitamin C is important and I'm not knocking it. I'm a huge fan. However, one thing that Gunnar Lovelace told us on one of our podcasts is that when he got sick, he was into healing the gut by taking a probiotic every hour when he was sick. I started incorporating that and I'm telling you what, you can knock out a cold before it starts with this method. I do the vitamin C and other things too, don't get me wrong, but that is a very powerful healing tool because it's all connected. The gut is directly connected to the immune system. So you want to boost your immune system, heal your gut. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because when I was talking about all the other issues like heart disease, Alzheimer's, skin health, I mean, of course, your immune system, 70% of your immune system is found in your gut. So it's like, don't ever think about that. It's the number one thing. Yeah. If I ever feel like I'm coming down with something, I'm taking three at a time or, you know, even more sometimes. So Tina, what does that mean? Does that mean the majority of our, it can't be our white blood cells? Like how is 70% of our immune system What does that mean? It's found in our gut lining. So it's communicating with the immune system. Oh, okay. Okay. And so glyphosate, does it kill the friendly bugs? What does glyphosate do to our gut? This is so bad. So you know that obviously we kind of all know that antibiotics are so bad because they kill the good bacteria along with the bad bacteria. But we know that we need to kill the bad bacteria. Here's what's so bad about glyphosate. It only targets the good bacteria. So glyphosate actually is registered as an antibiotic, but it only targets the good bacteria. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's really bad. So it's just really messing up the balance of your gut. Susie, I've never heard you get so upset. (laughs) I just saw, because I've seen, oh my God, I've seen documentaries about Monsanto and glyphosate and Roundup and, you know, you see the commercials on TV and I live in a very lush area. You know, I'm mowing my grass and there's weeds. 
And I'm just thinking about like the average, like Roundup, it's great. It's been around forever. Use it. And then I remember watching documentaries about how Monsanto using glyphosate or GMO seeds that have been sprayed with glyphosate and like sending them to South and Central America. And it's just everywhere. And it's a nightmare. And it's registered as an antibiotic. Like that blows blows my mind. I have no more words. Allie, back to you. (laughs) And the way they justified it is that the way it was allowed in this country, even though there was so much evidence against it, it was just that they were saying that glyphosate doesn't affect human cells is what they were claiming. The problem is that we're 10 times more bacterial cells than we are human. I mean, we're 10 times more bacteria than we are human. And yet we know that these glyphosates are impacting the health of our bacterial cells. And it's crazy that they somehow justified it saying it doesn't affect human cells, but it affects bacterial cells, which we are more of anyway. The good news is that we actually did a study on Roundup with our strains showing that these strains were reversing the damage of glyphosate. So, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. Again, another first of its kind study. We are, you know, obviously very research based. And we have a double blind human clinical trial on leaky gut showing that these strains within 30 days reduce that LPS. Remember the LPS toxins we were talking about? It reduced those LPS toxins from entering the bloodstream by 42%. Crazy. Wow. Oh my God. Um, Also showed it reduced triglycerides. It actually decreased the ghrelin level, which was a surprising finding that we found. But what that tells us is that, of course, ghrelin is the hunger hormone. And so it basically, it told us that these strains are helping the gut and brain communicate with each other more than you're not on the strains. And so, and then, yeah, we, we have like 14 other clinical trials going on right now, but one of them that is just being completed is on glyphosate and Roundup and basically showing that, you know, we showed the impact that the glyphosates and Roundup had on the microbiome and that these strains started to reverse that damage from the glyphosate damage. So really exciting stuff. There is some good news and I would always encourage people to try to eat organic and eat clean as much as you can to avoid them. I don't even trust that anymore. I trust my farmer's market, but I was even watching a local, I'm up here in Bend, Oregon. I was watching a local interview or news station with a, like, I don't know if it's cable access or what I stumbled upon it. And they're talking about irradiating strawberries and it had some like symbol on it. I didn't even know about this. And I'm sure the average person doesn't know what it means, but it means the strawberries were irradiated to like keep them fresher longer. And these two ladies were like, that's why they're at the top of the dirty yep. dozen. And they were like, oh, do we know if this is good or bad? They're like, we don't know. So we don't know. And I'm like, of course it's bad. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh my gosh. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's why they're at the top of the dirty dozen list. So you really have to pay attention to those lists. So you know, bananas are not as bad because you can peel and they're not as if affected by things. But strawberries are one of the ones at the top, unfortunately. So we have to be careful. But Tina, we talked about how like 90% of non-communicable diseases are a result of the leaky gut and how 70% of our immune system is found in the gut lining. But How about serotonin? How much of our happy hormone is found? 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. So really important. Dopamine is produced in the gut. People aren't realizing that, you know. I think, like I said, people are starting to realize it a lot more. But yeah, 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. So you see that all the time. People who have seen some results with the product from that alone, just being happier, feeling better, all that kind of stuff. So probiotics can make you happier, everyone. (laughs) They put the pro in probiotics. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, also weight management. People don't think about it. Basically, your gut microbiome dictates whether you're somebody that 
could look at a cupcake and gain 10 pounds or somebody that could eat 10 cupcakes and not gain any weight. So it's your bacteria and the way it's balanced out that's going to dictate whether or not how your body burns fat and metabolizes its food. So that's also really important. And the strains in Just Thrive actually increase your short chain fatty acid production, which is really, really important for fat burning metabolism, also really important for colon health. So got some really exciting things about that. Yeah, serotonin is important. It's your happy probiotic. So how many Thrive probiotics should we be taking per day? Does it vary per person? What do you recommend? Can we bathe in it? Like... Yeah. (laughs) It's so easy, ladies. It's like one capsule of Just Thrive probiotic is all you need for a day. So the only times we would tell you to take more is if it were, you know, you were not feeling well or if you were on an antibiotic. Another really cool feature of this product is that it's able to survive the presence of an antibiotic. It works the same. So one of the best ways I love to describe this product as opposed to other probiotics in the market is that if you envision a garden and the garden's been stepped on and trampled on and there's weeds growing all over that garden, you kind of analogize that to your gut. These strains go in, they make it there 100% alive. A lot of probiotic strains have difficulty surviving the gastric system. They won't even get to the garden alive. Our strains get there 100% alive. They attach to the soil in the garden. So they attach to your intestinal cell wall in your gut. And then they go into that garden and they start to get rid of the weeds. So we've actually identified up to 14 different antibiotics these strains produce to help kill off pathogens in the gut. And then on the flip side, in that garden, they go to those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on and they bring them back to life. So the probiotic is like the gardener of the gut. It's getting rid of the bad guys, it's getting rid of the weeds, and it's helping restore the good bacteria that's already in your gut. And they stay there for about 21 to 28 days. So it's so simple. It's like the simplest thing you could do. I always say it's ground zero for health. I mean, if there's one supplement that you could take, it should be a 100% spore-based probiotic because these strains, you know, they get there, they get the job done. And now when your gut starts to, you know, not be as inflamed and it starts to be healthy, you're absorbing nutrients better. All the food that you're eating is being absorbed. You're getting the nutrients out of the food. Even other supplements you're going to be taking will be absorbed that much better when your gut is healthy and is no longer inflamed. So really, really important. And Tina, what's the difference between the spore-based as yours are and the regular or other probiotics? The biggest difference is the ability to survive the gastric system. That would probably be where we would start. Most probiotic products on the market have difficulty surviving the gastric system. In fact, we did a study on one that showed that a 50 billion CFU count product died off 99.99%. I mean, the overwhelming majority of probiotics are dying off in crazy amounts before they ever get to the intestines. So they never make it to the intestines alive. Our strains actually get there 100% alive because that's the way nature intended. These are strains that our ancestors got from nature. You know, we just believe you go back to the way our ancestors used to live and they ate off the land, they ate from the soil, and they would eat those roots and tubers and they would get the the soil and the soil had these bacteria in them. And so these strains have this endospore shell around themselves. So when I say spore base, I don't mean mushroom spore or anything like that. We just mean they have an endospore shell around themselves and they're able to naturally survive that harsh environment of the stomach. You know, the stomach obviously is very acidic, very hard to get through for most probiotic strains, but these have this like armor-like shell around it. And it's not till they hit the intestines 
that they take the shell off and go into their live vegetative cell state. So when you go to a health food store, you see probiotics on the shelf. Many need to be refrigerated, and I could go into that myth in a second. But if a probiotic needs to be refrigerated, it means it's a live organism. And so for a long time, we would think, oh, well, that's better. You want to get a live organism. The problem is if they're alive, when they hit the stomach acid, they're going to die. I mean, when they hit the body temperature, they're going to die. You know, if they need to be refrigerated to stay alive, then how will they survive the body temperature, which is 98.6? I mean, they can't. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, they can't even withstand the room temperature of the store shelf. So, how they're going to survive 98.6? And then, much less the harsh environment of, you know, the acidic environment of the stomach. So, these strains in Just Thrive, they have this armor like shell. And so, when they're in that armor like shell, they're dormant. So, when you swallow them, they're dormant, they're not live. And it's not till they hit the intestines that they become alive. The other great thing about when they get there is they stay in the intestinal tract for about 21 to 28 days. So they're colonizing for about 21 to 28 days, and then they'll eventually leave the body. But where other probiotics on the market, let's just say they do get somehow, some of them get through their alive, they will just pass through food. And they will do something. I mean, we all know that people have taken probiotics before. They'll do something. They may give you some symptomatic relief, but they're not changing that garden. You know, if you go back to that garden analogy, they're planting maybe a new plant here and there, but the weeds are still there. The plants that have been stepped on, trampled on are still there. So they may be doing something, but they're not really affecting a huge change, which is what we need to do. Whenever you say shell, I think of an M&M, like a candy shell. I know that's in my own head, mm-hmm. but it makes it more fun for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> favorite candy. Funny you mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving this conversation so much. And so I want to talk about sources. So for me, like what I try to do is get natural food sources of probiotics in addition to taking a Thrive probiotic every day. But what about, Tina, when we see all these products now that are like probiotic infused, like there's teas or granola, is this still effective? Is this just a trend? What do we think about this? Yeah. Well, it depends on what type of probiotics. If they're spore-based probiotics, they should be able to survive the manufacturing process of being put in food. It really depends on the source. And that's why I always encourage people, you know, go to the manufacturer and ask them, let me see your gastric survivability study, which I know most consumers won't do that. But right, like I'm like, I will never do that. But I appreciate knowing it. And maybe some people will that are listening right now. They're like, you know what, I'm gonna I do would that. If I, had right, time. Right. <laughs> I don't have the time. Right. Here's what I would do. If I were suffering and I were sick, I would absolutely do this diligence that we're talking about. Right. I mean, it is just really important that they survive. They will have a higher chance of surviving as a spore-based probiotic being put into food. Otherwise, I don't understand how they could be surviving at all in food if they're a lactobacillus or bifidobacter-based probiotic. You know, and a lot of companies will intercoat them. You know, of course, that's a big thing. And let's intercoat our lactobacillus and bifidobacter-based products because that way, you know, they'll make it to the intestines alive. But even if they do that, they're going to hit the bile salts and the bile salts will affect them. And then even if they do that, they're going to just pass through the gastric system. So it's still not a foolproof way. And again, it's in nature, we weren't enterocoding our bacteria. It's like we were eating it off the soil, which is basically, unfortunately, we can't do that anymore because our soil is contaminated. But we did the next closest thing, which was sourcing these same strains that were found abundantly in our soil. So I don't think that you're going to find too many probiotic rich foods, you know, in bars and that type of stuff. When you talk about fermented foods, 
That's actually another myth out there that will probably be controversial when I say it, but fermented foods, I am a huge fan of. I completely, I eat them all the time. I think they are so important to be eating on a regular basis. They do not replace a probiotic though, because they're producing lactobacillus and bifidobacter too, and those will die before they get to the intestines. So, however, we know there's so much benefit in the ferment. It's not a replacement for a probiotic. Is it really just our modern diet that has really messed us up? Did our ancient ancestors eat from the soil and there was nothing really to kill off that good bacteria? Is that why we're in this situation? Well, we're in this situation because, A, our soil is so depleted of these nutrients. We couldn't go in our backyards and find these bacillus spores. If you go to tribes in Tanzania, you'd be able to find these exact strains, find them in the soil. They'd be abundant in the soil, but you don't, you can't find those here. And I think why we're just so in trouble is what we talked about, the environment that we live in, the chemicals in our food, the stress that we're living with every day, the antibiotics in our food, the antibiotics we take, the glyphosates, Roundup, all of those things are just wreaking havoc every day on our gut. And we don't have anything to combat that. And that's the whole thing. These spore strains are like the police of the gut. They're going in there and they're getting rid of the bad guys and they're taking care of the good guys. So, And we don't really have anything like that in our natural food supply that plays that role anymore because our soil is depleted. You know, I'm always a fan of get your nutrients from the food. So we have a prebiotic as part of our product line. And, but I would always tell somebody eat your prebiotics from fruits or from vegetables and, you know, Jerusalem artichokes and garlic and onion and all these other sources of prebiotics. There are lots of sources of prebiotics from food. The prebiotic that we have is a great source because it's only targeting the good bacteria, but either way, I still would say, get it from your food. But with a probiotic, you can't get that. You're not going to get that from food. You're not going to get these spore-based strains from our food supply. I feel like that was just a mic drop moment. I know. You <laughs> rendered us speechless. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. This has been so amazing, Tina. I feel like my mind is spinning, but I'm also really excited because I feel like you know what? I'm actually doing the right things. And a lot of times I have guests on the podcast. And I'm like, oh, I thought I was doing everything right. And now this has flipped me on my head. And I'm like, yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm telling you, if you're taking Just Thrive, you are doing such a right thing because you are taking care of your gut microbiome. And it's like, that is, like we said, ground zero. It's where you start. And there's so many different stories out there. One of the big myths out there with probiotics is that 50 billion is better than 10 billion CFUs. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen products out there, 50 billion. See, there's some as high as 250 billion. And there's no science saying that more is better. I mean, the reason these companies are doing this is because they know that they're dying. They're not getting to the intestines alive. There are no studies that say more is better. The only way more is better is if you're getting there alive and most of them are. The focus has to be on the quality of the strain and the studies behind it. And what happens is a lot of... That's the other thing. Like, you know, you see probiotic strains with, they'll say, oh, the research on rhamnosis, basically lactobacillus rhamnosis. And all the studies are on lactorhamnosis GG. They're not on lactorhamnosis. That's very, very different. There's so many myths out there with probiotics. Our studies are all on our formulation. They're on strains that we use, not only individually, but strains on them being used together, which is really key also. So you're doing a lot of great things by just taking the probiotic 
Yeah, I'm in 100%. So we've talked a lot today about the physical, but I know that you're also a huge proponent of mindfulness and positivity. So can you talk a little bit about the emotional connection to the gut? Because we know that's a key component as well. Yes, yes. Well, there's the vagus nerve that connects the gut into the brain and it's really important. And I, I mean, I am a huge believer in mindfulness and deep breathing and lifestyle changes. We know the gut is attacked by stress. I mean, stress is not good for the gut. And I just think it's super important. They all kind of go hand in hand. You know, you want to be taking care of your gut health so that you are able to be less anxious, happier, like we talked about serotonins produced in our gut, calmer, all of those things. The more calm we are, the less stress it causes on our gut. So they all really go hand in hand. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. I think lifestyle changes are the biggest thing you could do for your overall health. You know, we're all trying to take supplements to do different things. And those are great tools in our toolbox. But at the end of the day, we have to change our lifestyle in order to lead a more calm life. And I mean, I've learned that the hard way firsthand, you know, so (laughs) when you start a business and you have three kids and, you know, you don't want to let anything go, you let yourself go. And so I've seen it myself. So I was always grateful that I was on the spores But there's only so much, you know, when you're stressing yourself out, you really need to take care of, you know, you have to change your lifestyle. And that's what this show is all about. So mic drop again. And where does everyone find you online? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You just go to thriveprobiotic.com. And that's probably the easiest way. And on Instagram, we're at Thrive Probiotic. At Facebook, we're at Thrive Probiotic. It's a little confusing. Our name of our product is just Thrive Probiotic, but the URL is Thrive Probiotic. And if you use the coupon code FOODHEALS10, you get 10% off. Yes, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, please, please. You know, I always say it's like we have a 100% money back guarantee. It's the easiest thing you could do. So you're not satisfied. And, And I also tell people the best way to take it is one capsule with food. So take it at the end of a meal, always the best time. It's great for kids because their gut is being attacked on a daily basis. And, you know, I am older than you girls, but I didn't have all these glyphosates and GMOs in my food supply. And that's why we're seeing this rise in autism and food allergies and behavioral disorders. So kids especially should be taking this. But it's just when you could open the capsule, mix it with food, you could bake with it, your kids wouldn't even know it's there. The only thing I would say is that sometimes people, when they have a lot of dysbiosis or imbalance going on in the gut and they start the product, they may feel some minor gastrointestinal discomfort. And that's great that it's happening because it means it's working. It's not great because I don't want you to be uncomfortable. So in that case, we would just say you taper down your dose to maybe a half a capsule, or you could do one capsule every other day. Most people are fine with one capsule a day, but I don't want you to, if that starts to happen, to be worried that, oh my God, this isn't working. It's actually a sign that it is working. It's so easy. One capsule a day with food and time of day doesn't matter. Definitely give it to kids because kids need it so badly. Absolutely. And I'm a huge fan of yours and Just Thrive. And I know for me, I tend to just take my supplements on an empty stomach because I'm in a hurry and I just want to make sure I get them down. But it is really important to take probiotics with food because you're also, if you are going to experience that discomfort, you're less likely to experience it when you take it with food. So yeah, just pay attention. Don't take on an empty stomach. That's the best advice personally from me as a person who's more tending towards doing that and then regretting it later. Right. right. Well, thank you. I'm a huge fan of you guys too. And I just really can't thank you enough for creating a platform to educate people because 
so much of our mission is about education and um, just letting people take health into their own hands. And I get goosebumps when I think about you guys taking the time to be able to spread the message and interview people who are changing the field and, you know, educating the field. So I really appreciate it and appreciate the opportunity. And thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thanks for all the information. This was so educational for me. Thank you, Tina, for all you do. I'm glad you quit litigation. Yeah, me too. Oh my God, it's the best thing I ever did. (laughs) Yeah, every time we have someone on to talk about gut health, I'm like you, Susie. I'm like, I got this. And then I learn something every time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's a very complicated topic. You know, there's a lot to it. There's a lot going on down there. Yeah, it is complicated, but it's also just so simple to say, hey, listen, just take care of your gut. And then so many things fall into place. It's not... But so many people think they they might be, right? That they're taking a probiotic... Or they're eating yeah. their probiotic granola and then they're being lied to. Yeah. Or like yogurt. You know, that's another one, yogurt, because it's like yogurt is loaded with sugar, which is also wreaking havoc on your gut. You know, it's like there's just Not so if much- you eat plain yogurt. Right. Right. No. Yeah. But again, it still has, it's got the lactobacillus where it may not get to the intestines alive. But right. Eating plain yogurt. It's great because it's fermented foods. That's wonderful. So Unless you have a dairy allergy. <laughs> right. And that's the nice thing is Just Thrive is dairy-free and all that, which is great. You can't always find that with probiotics. It's great for us. Thank you so much, Tina. This has been awesome. Thank you, Thank you, guys. It's been awesome for me, too. I really appreciate it. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.